Guys are grown. Let's go ahead and get in. Why are you laughing at your own voice? Because <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. Look, because why you got to be smiling? I'm not That's smiling. I'm si- and I am smiling. I am. I know. I was bobbing my little head over here. Theme, theme song basking. Okay. Yes, of course. <laughs> Big shout out to my man Jack Spade. What's happening, Jack? That's his, that's his song. Right hey, there. Jack. Pick up Jack Speed. <laughs> yes, it's yes. up. Yes. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Will we keep it real? We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, you guys? 2016. 2016. Yeah. What was that shit you said during the, during the test? <laughs> what did you say? Positioning. <laughs> <laughs> Audience, she can't let black people get worse That's sometimes. We, we just start adding stuff that shouldn't, shouldn't even go with it. Exactly. <laughs> so you guys know how we do it on The Rant Room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So y'all hear her voice. Mm. She's back. Mm-hmm. The ones and the twos. The ones and the twos. <laughs> the black gidget of Mission the Beach. The black gidget of Mission <laughs> Beach. <laughs> you know, and I'm excited like... because what you guys can we can you even talk about that project, your documentary you're doing? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. So so here, check this out. So I come in today, y'all. <laughs> this is how I'm talking. I'm talking like I'm actually talking. <laughs> Why to you whisper this? Like, I was like, so look, like, so look, check gather this around out. the fireplace, so gather y'all. Around, children. <laughs> so so next Sunday, uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to do it or not, but you know. No. Hillier just doing this documentary. It's going to be like two or three weeks before this comes out. Anyway. Yeah, he's doing a documentary about surfers, surf music, and really cool stuff. So he tells me, because, you know, those of you who don't know, I used to surf a lot when I was younger. And I used to be known as the Black Gidget of Mission Beach <laughs> among my friends who make fun of me, especially when I'd have to carry my surfboard on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be the only black person on there with a surfboard. That's dedication right there. <laughs> through downtown San Diego, oh, yeah, getting off at the beach with a surfboard, my big old banana yellow twin fin <laughs> surfboard. So uh, so anyway, so he tells me like he's actually going to be interviewing the real Gidget that the Gidget movie, one of my favorite surf movies, mm-hmm. was uh, based on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, first of all, she's still alive. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Number two, he also interviewed and showed me a picture. I'm so jealous of the original moon. Do- well, not the original, Jimmy but Durant. the moon doggy from the movie of Gidget, mm-hmm. and he looked good. He still looks good. He looked good. For his Unbelievable. Age. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited because and we yeah. interviewed the Beach Boys. Yes. We got um, guys from Three Dog Night coming. Yes, crazy. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's just mm-hmm. I just love it because a lot of people don't realize I really love beach beach culture. Mm-hmm. And on my playlist at home, I have nothing but um, lots of surf music. My favorite surf music songs, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are instrumentals. And a lot of them are really like international songs. And so when I go to the beach, I have songs that I play, and my friends mm-hmm. make fun of me all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, I love surf culture. Like my 
dream as a kid when I first saw Endless Summer when I was like oh, 10. Oh, that was the movie. Right? Um, my goal was to be like those dudes, try to figure out a way to not work. Uh, to, <laughs> travel, travel the world, to travel the right? world. Uh, and wear cut off, cut off shorts and bikinis and just, <laughs> you know, travel the world where the sun is. They call it Endless Summer because they would travel everywhere and then be summer someplace else on the planet and they mm. would just go. Um, the dream is still alive, y'all. <laughs> it may still happen, but I'm excited yeah. about that. So it's, anyway. It's real for her, y'all. Yeah, this is real. a San Diego native. If you don't know, yes. So she is not playing. Yes. Well, no since you brought it up, I'm just gonna give him a shout out. It's um um. So the the movie that I'm directing is it's it's called um, Full Circle: The Story of the New Dimensions. The New Dimensions were a surf band, instrumental surf band mm-hmm. from the '60s. And the interesting thing about them is that they were 12 to 14 years old when they came out. Yeah. Whereas they used to open up for the Beach Boys and Adventures and Jan and Dean and all these other mm-hmm. big groups. Crazy. <clears throat> but everybody else was, you know, 8, 10, 12 years older than mm-hmm. them. Right. So they made four albums, and, of course, they disbanded, and, you know, nothing happened to them. They were right. kind of an obscure band. Right. And they decided 50 years later, let's come back and make a new album and show the world, you know, that we can finish what we, what we started. You know that. what I mean? Right. So... They brought me in, you know, and um, I put together a team um, um, to make this thing happen. And, uh, there's a company out of Sacramento who brought me on, um, NCSC, <clears throat> and they're producing the project. And we've been at it, just interviewing all kind of big wigs. It's been a tr- icons that yes. are just, it's been crazy. And, I love it. I love yeah. that you're giving respect to these mm-hmm. these guys who've been been part of that surf culture surf scene i mean it's big i may have to start a kickstarter mm-hmm. uh, for lisa's endless summer <laughs> so i can just so go we, so i can, can just pay for you to get, just go hey, surfing hey, anywhere, right? you got, fish you, tacos shrimp tacos look. flip-flops <laughs> and just right on the beach and then when it gets cold a little chilly i just pack up and go to the next place like tahiti or something you know that's, you, that's you, real. you got a few nickels a few know, quarters coming but i think lisa's what's also hot about your music project, mm-hmm. Hilliard, is that the music game is so different today mm-hmm. than what it was. Yes. It's really important to capture some of these folks who made such contributions who mm-hmm. haven't really fully been recognized yet. Mm-hmm. Like Colin Hanks has this Tower Records documentary coming yeah, out soon. Yeah, that looks interesting. It's actually done, I should mm-hmm. say. His, you know, Showtime picked it up. Mm-hmm. But Tower Records is gone. Yep. And that was unthinkable for mm-hmm. a lot of folks who were around back in the day and, you know, the resurgence of vinyl shopping, vinyl yep. coming back. So, yep. so many I heard changes. vinyl sold more during Christmas than, like, some CDs or some shit. Mm. Quite you know? possibly. That's crazy. But it's so niche now mm-hmm. just to find a place that sells vinyl. So, mm-hmm. the landscape of, of the music business is so different. Mm-hmm. I think it makes work like what you're doing even more impactful. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm just trying to find a way. One of the things that I pitched to them when when we when I sat down with the producers and the band was what's going to be different about this movie. Right. And you know we've seen other movies about bands coming back years later to make an album. And I was like, well, how are we going to get people who don't know surf music to know this music? And then it occurred to me one of the guys was saying something about, yeah, we're just kind of coming around full circle. And I went, ah. So if we can tie in this full circle thing, then everybody we interview, we could find out how they are coming around full circle, too. Mm -hmm. So that if you are a normal person watching this movie and you're not familiar with surf music, there's something about you coming back, finishing something you didn't finish Mm -hmm. that they're going to tie into. You know, that's Mm -hmm. what really drew them in to me producing the project. Absolutely. Yeah, I was trying to make something personal, you know, that we all can grab a hold to. 
And um, the other interesting thing, I'm going to finish this little piece, mm -hmm. is two of the guys became really, really like rock gods. One of them was Jimmy Greenspoon, who started Three Dog Night. Mm -hmm. And he actually passed away a year ago, like when we first started shooting. Right. And then the other guy is Michael Lloyd. Michael Lloyd is behind some of the biggest movies, the biggest bands. Um, like he just got the studio with um, um, the Beach Boys on their new album. Um, he's in the studio with um, um, fucking everybody. And he's behind Dirty Dancing. That's like one of the biggest things. Mm -hmm. Crazy. You look at, I showed you that picture with all the shit on the walls. Yep. That's his living room. And that's only a corner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the whole living room is platinum and gold right Well, the plaques. Crazy. <laughs> anyway, so it's a really interesting, you know, movie. I'm excited about it. I want it to look like, like the Wrecking Crew. You know, I don't know if you, did you see the Wrecking Crew? Girl, you got to see the Wrecking Crew. Mm. You okay. got to see the Wrecking Crew. Anyway, so enough about all that. So y'all know how we did it on the rent room. So we got my man, Tracy Grant. Writer, director, producer sitting with us too. Nice to be with you. That's a call I cannot refuse. Exactly. <laughs> I hit up Tracy's morning. Like, Tracy, why don't you come in and sit with us? Yes. <laughs> I knew the Queen Bee would be in the house too. Well, I had to come. I had to come. Special. Be, be glad to be back. I'm so mm -hmm. happy, y'all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm busy as heck, but. Yes. Yeah, so. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. So, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. So, we're finally, you guys, if you guys have been asking for it, we're going to go ahead and give you guys a QA episode. Can we speak straight? <laughs> a Q and A episode, a question and ep a question and answer episode. Mm -hmm. um, so let's go ahead and get it in. Let's start off with let's go around the table. We keep now. I'm just gonna put this out there. Some of you guys have sent us in some questions. Um, <laughs> I don't have my assistant anymore, so <laughs> some of that shit got lost. However. <laughs> I kind of remember some of them. <laughs> so this is what we're going to do. Hilliard has very good retention. <laughs> like, I'm busy. Shit. Um, yeah, no. So here's the deal. We're going to go around the room and just talk about, you know, each and every one of us teach. Each and every one of us are tweeted by young writers and even, even older writers all the time. Um, asking us questions about different things in the industry. So let's just talk about common things that people are are, are asking us and from our point of view of how of what our suggestions are that they could do to fix them is that cool mm -hmm. all right so <clears throat> let's start off with the most frequent question that i'm asked all the time is if you live out of town and you don't know anyone in the industry how can you break in lisa lisa cold jam with me first because <laughs> you're looking at me just staring at a brother i was being i was being i was looking at you with adoration like yes sir <laughs> like a like a good people waiting for her to raise their hand like, yes, teacher, i have the answer uh well i'll i can start by saying you know coming from san diego one of the things once i realized like yeah i want to do the screenwriting thing mm -hmm. and those of you who know me know the stories because i've got tired of seeing stuff like why do i keep you know what? i'm gonna write my own shit and yeah, see how a lot how of people happens. start like that and literally the first thing i did was i went to the library and I got Sid Field's book. Okay. Okay. And then once I got that, I called up one of my friends. I was lucky. I had a friend that worked um, in the early 90s, um, late 80s, early 90s. She worked at Sony Pictures. Mm -hmm. And so she was the one who was in charge. Uh, well, her job was basically to take credits and make sure names were spelled correctly, okay. you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But she would send me, and this is before I even thought, even the, the thought of becoming a screenwriter came. She would, and I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> well, we're not friends no more, so I can oh, say okay. her name. I'm gonna shout it out. Uh, but. <laughs> you know, I want to embarrass her. But anyway, th my, my, my friend, uh, she would like send me scripts. Mm -hmm. Like she would come to San Diego and come and visit, or I would go up to LA and go visit her or what have you. And she would just have like 
stacks of scripts. Mm-hmm. Like I remember getting, real scripts, not like, a PDF. No, 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 right? no, 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 no. Like, like the actual, like you know, you mean like with paper? And yes, <laughs> with Brad's. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good story. I remember those. What is it? One and a quarter Brad's, and you mm-hmm. know, like that kind of stuff, like the good paper, mm-hmm. you know. And like, 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 seriously, y'all. I had Jerry Maguire before they even cast it. Love I had Jerry my best Maguire. friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. I had Jumanji. Like mm-hmm. during that time period, there were a lot of like scripts going in. And I remember reading Jerry Maguire and my best friend's wedding. And I read Jerry Maguire. I said, whoever number one, whoever plays the football player is going to mm-hmm. get an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Whoever you know. plays the agent you know. is going to get nominated. Mm-hmm. You know, this is before I even knew anything about getting into the movie game. Mm-hmm. I just remember I was a good reader, and she started getting into. I didn't know they had a job for this. Had I known this, people, I would have been in LA a lot faster. <laughs> I didn't know they paid people to read scripts and give their opinions on whether or not it was good yeah, or bad. Right. I was doing this shit for free yeah. for like two years. Well, they used to. And this happened. And this <laughs> yeah, is what I did. And this, yeah, 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 yeah. Now they make interns do that shit. But I didn't realize this because what she would do, just just have a little slick. Mm-hmm. So she didn't tell me that she started getting into doing, you know, coverage. Mm-hmm. So what she would do is have me read the scripts, give my opinion, like, girl, blah, blah, blah. And then she would type the shit up and send it in. And had I known as a job, I would, I mean, I, this is back in the day. This is before I really knew. I wish, I wish, if I could go back in time now mm-hmm. and go tell Lisa from the <laughs> late 80s, early 90s, oh, that's interesting. like, bitch. Uh-huh. You need to get in. This is your end. Like literally, I would come. Like I would be coming in on Sony yeah. Lot. Hey, I'm coming to see my friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, girl. I'll be like, I'll be. I would walk by. You know, when they at the time they were doing um before uh, security was tight. Before in the mug, security was tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I would be walking around getting ice cream because you know they got shops and restaurants. Mm-hmm. So I was getting my stuff, and I would see people from Mary with Children. What's his name? The son. Oh. And um, I one day I was walking through, and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" So mm-hmm. like, "Hey, what's up?" And I remember thinking. He he's really nice. Wait, wait, yeah, he's really nice at Bud the time. Bundy. Yeah, David yeah. Faustino. David Faustino. Yeah, yes, David. David. And I'm like, he was so cute in person. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself, he said, hey, what's up? And I'm like, he think he a little black dude going, what's <laughs> he up? Like, like, he think he, he know does. me. No, I'm it was weird. Because yeah. usually most celebrities like, blah, blah. Yeah. And he, I'm just walking by. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I don't know if, he if, got I, I, don't know if I did that. He got or if he just did the head nod. And I'm just like, hey, what's up? You know, and, you know, I would go to screenings. And I remember one time he went to the screening of, I think it was the Babysitter's Club. Okay. This must have been like early 90s. And it was the first time I had ever, like, mind you, I had no idea where I was, okay? Mm-hmm. Hindsight 2020. <clears throat> Heads of the studio. VPs. Mm-hmm. I'm just the homegirl hanging out. You want to see a free movie? And this is me. They got popcorn? No, girl, it's a screening. They're going to have, they sit here and they, the whole company looks and see whether or not the film is any good or not. <laughs> right. She ain't a man. She ain't thinking, got no popcorn. No, I'm thinking yeah. like, hey. y'all, don't, y'all ain't getting no popcorn with butter and growling, shit, You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's green right there. Do so they think, have popcorn? I think I had the little peanut butter crackers in my purse when I came in. <laughs> so I remember sitting there and I, I think she was like, there were maybe a couple of black people who worked mm-hmm. there, you know, and it was like me. Just go oh, her plus one, mm-hmm. mind you. I didn't know nothing. And I bitch. I wish I would have known at that time where I was. Child, <laughs> I was in the kingdom. <laughs> I was with the like the heads talking to people who were like could have. I didn't know. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the movie Babysitter's Club ended. I remember thinking this movie is a piece of shit. And I remember I said it loud <laughs> enough because I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. And she was going, shh, shh, my bosses are in here. Yeah. I'm like, but this movie is like a piece of shit. Like, it is bad. Like, they're really going to try to market. This ain't going to make no money. Mm-hmm. It didn't make no money. Mm-hmm. And, I didn't, and I didn't realize my power of observation and the skills I had. It wasn't quite the adventures in Babysitter. But here's the thing, though. <laughs> right. Because I had, like, literally, I had, like, to this day now, I wish I would have kept all those scripts. But literally, I actually learned. Mm-hmm screenwriting through osmosis yeah. by reading all those damn scripts yeah. and giving fucking free coverage 
you know? And then I think when it finally clicked, I said, shit, these are some awful scripts that are coming through. Like, I'm not going to mention no names, but there were some big name writers who were sending scripts through that I was reading. And I was shocked because Mm -hmm. I'm like, but that shit was really good. What the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. But I learned structure. I learned how to write. And, you know, from the Sid Phil books and reading and just being around that, um, the next thing I thought was, how do I become a screenwriter? Like, how do I get... At that time, my friend, she had left that job. So... Mm the dummy I was, had I known, I probably would have got in a lot faster. But the main thing people told me was, well, first of all, you need to look to see if there's any contests or anything like that. So one of the first things I started doing was doing the nickels. Mm -hmm. Because as we talked before, when you have no connections to anything and you still need to know where you stand as a writer or how you compare to other writers, the easiest, easiest way is try Mm -hmm. to do fellowships or try to do the contest. Mm -hmm. Because that's kind of like... And Tracy had talked to us about Yeah, and it's kind of like a definitive. Mm -hmm. Like when you get the thing from the nickels and they put the little thing at the bottom and he writes down, oh, you're in the top 15% out of... And they tell you how many people it Mm -hmm. is and where you stand. You kind of get a feel. So when I started placing in... In, in the nickels, I realized, okay, maybe I can actually do this. From there, it it's was kind just, of like being vetted. Yeah, yeah, you know it is kind of. And then, and after that, it was like, well, what are some organizations I can get involved with that could connect me with other writers? And that's when I joined the organization of Black Screenwriters. Mm-hmm. And it happened to be that same friend who told me about it. She said, you know, there's a group mm-hmm. that meets and they're TV, they're blah blah blah. And so from that connection, it just kind of blossomed from there. Sure. Because once I started getting involved. Number one, in organizations that dealt with screenwriters that were giving me information to go to, like, mixers, you know, hey, they have free stuff at the WGA. You might mm-hmm. want to go through there. That was kind of my end, okay. you know. And from there, it was just really just yeah. fellowships, and, contests. And, and what, what about you, Tracy? What, what do you think? If you didn't live here in L.A. and you didn't have a bunch of connections, you know. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I think just to get on top of – Lisa's point for a second. I was in New York mm-hmm. um, years ago, so I understand not being in Los Angeles. Right. But if there's a big point to draw from that is the first thing you have to do, obvious as it may sound, is hone your craft mm-hmm. or what you can do. I don't know anyone. You know, I live in Sioux Falls, Idaho. Mm-hmm. What I'm gonna hone your craft. Lisa talked about all the scripts that she read. Mm-hmm. Dozens okay. you read, I bet. Oh, more than that. Produce yeah, like, scripts. In general. Bitch, I can count how much money I could have been making <laughs> reading those damn scripts. Over time, <laughs> and I'll get to that too, over mm. time, she got an understanding of quality and non-quality scripts. So you have to hone your craft if you're a writer. You also want to think about, and if you can develop a clarity about what kind of stuff you want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you can be a sort of a do-it-all every man eventually, um, like our host here, Hilliard. But when you're first starting, you're going to have to define what that first sample is going to be because to some degree you're going to be branded around that. Not necessarily pigeonhole, but when you're just starting out, you know, you want to be clear. So it only makes sense to be – that's why people say write what you love – you know, you want to have some familiarity, but mm-hmm. something that you will enjoy because the passion of working on the script is going to carry you through. Mm-hmm. So don't get into something that you won't, don't really enjoy. But to those questions, like a lot of and even even in other pa- podcasts and guests that you've had mm-hmm. here, a lot of people talk about, well, 10 years ago, 12 years ago it was different and it was a lot easier to get in and. Now it's harder just to get these assistant spots. And, you know, none of us can go back in time. 
None Correct. of us can start from 10, Correct. 15 years ago. Yeah. What you still can do and must do now is really hone your craft and be serious about it. There are ways to do that. Um, I have two books, which I'll give to you all when mm-hmm. we're done. But, you know, get serious about your craft. And then with respect to the relationships and the connects, you know, it's very basic. The three of us did it at some point mm-hmm. in the beginning. You look at who you know, truly who you know, who you may have met, mm-hmm. and someone within that group of people knows someone who can get you to mm-hmm. to the next place. I love when you had Rosemary Rodriguez mm-hmm. in talking about, my, my goal is just to get a meeting, and if I don't do any business in that meeting, I want to at least get the name of someone else who I might need to pursue. That's that's important. I don't mean to, to interrupt you. That's super important. I learned that a long time ago. When you go on a meeting with somebody, you're supposed to ask them, do you know anybody else that I could? That's people right. don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know anybody else you could prefer that I can have a great conversation with or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like right. whenever I interview people, you know, and I talk to them later and they had a great time, I'm like, dude, you, anybody else in your show that we should interview? You know what I mean? That's right. You need to do that because mm-hmm. they just don't think about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's so right. it's, it's kind of the same thing, right? And I have been frustrated myself with general meetings mm-hmm. Or if somebody may have passed, but they liked the ride and they wanted mm-hmm. to meet me. And I got to get out of my own head. Like, I'm still upset because I didn't get my check <laughs> and my yes. <laughs> but they saw and read enough where they wanted to take the meeting. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, get what you can. It's mm-hmm. not always going to go your way. And in terms of the fellowships and contests for the out-of-town as people who aren't in L.A., and I'm not trying to bust people's bubble, but mm-hmm. we try to give you the real mm-hmm. in the rant room. Today, you have you, there was always a lot of competition in terms of those contests. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that competition now is experienced writers who have once worked. Who are already in the guild. Sold sometimes. features in the uh-huh. guild, you know, been on shows. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done it. And so, you know, that becomes an outlet as it got harder to get read mm-hmm. and harder to get hired the level of that competition has gone up, but it's still a pretty, pretty much a meritocracy in terms of the process. There's a lot more applicants, but you still have that chance. So if you're out of town, you have to look at all of the contests and fellowships that happen in a calendar year. Mm -hmm. Um, Without a box.com is good to do that. Mm -hmm. Film Film freeway, Freeway. Mm -hmm. international screenwriters association, Mm -hmm. Um, not to give them a plug, but, you know, my man, Max, Tim, is over mm-hmm. there, networkisa.org. And you may have to take a trip to the Austin Film Festival, yes. mm-hmm. which is also a screenwriters conference is why mm-hmm. I mention it. So figure out what you can do from where you are. And even if you don't come in first or not, if you're not even a finalist in a contest, you may meet some like-minded people there. Yep. You may meet some executives or some people from a production company, Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily going to fall in love with you the first time, Mm -hmm. but they will respect the fact that you put enough effort to be there and to reach out and extend yourself and make yourself available. Now that's all secondary to honing your craft. You got to get your script and your scripts to a level where they can be considered and the internet makes that available. Easy. I won't, that's not a good word, but it's all very available. The blacklist, ways to get your scripts mm-hmm. evaluated. Eventually, you'll find more like-minded people. 
And I heard Doug Ellen say this in an interview. Even if nothing happens. Created entourage. Yes. <laughs> your writing will get better and each script will be better than the previous one, which true. is why you have to, which is why you have to keep going. Which is true. Right. It's, it's funny. You know, just thinking about that, thinking about how many scripts you've written. I think I've written over 30 something scripts, right? No doubt. And I'm always like, if I go back to the 14th script, I'm like, I can't even look at this. It's script. painful. <laughs> I can't even look into some, and that script made it to Sundance. I, I can't even you. look at that script. You know what I mean? You just keep getting better every year, right? Oh, I laugh now right. when I look at my stuff. You know I'm like, I mean? if I would have read some of my early stuff, <laughs> going through the slush now, they'd be like, oh, uh-huh. heck no. It's, heck like, no. it's like exercise. Mm-hmm. You're working out. If you stop for a long time and then try and go back, you're not at the same place Correct. where you were when you stopped. That's right. mm-hmm. That's right. And it takes some time to work up to that level of strength or endurance. Mm-hmm. And in order to keep that, you have to be consistently working on it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, they say it's a muscle, and it's true. It is a muscle. Um, here's the thing. I was just thinking as I was listening to the both of you guys talk. <clears throat> at first, I was going to answer this question a different way. And then I started thinking, maybe I should answer it from the point of view of what I know now that I would do as opposed to who I used to be and what I did. I'm mm-hmm. with you Does on that. Does that make sense? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we can't go back – in time. No, that was a really good you know, thing, you know, because you started off going there and then you started talking about what you do now. Right. And I went, okay. And then you started talking about similar. And, and right now, because went, the oh, environment okay, got it, in right? 2016 yeah. is clearly very different than what it used to be. Correct. So sometimes it's not useful. And these are well intended people sure, when sure. they tell us this, but we can't apply, you know, the rules of 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Or before the strike or whatever, yeah. we can't. That's often not applicable to now. So yeah. I understand the listeners who have questions about how do I get it moving today. All right. So here's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, if I started today, what you were just saying something. And um, when we interviewed um, Glenn Mazzara, go listen to that episode. It's a badass episode. <clears throat> Glenn said, don't write what you know, write what you love, which is what you just said a moment ago. See? Right? What he's saying is the thing you love the most is the thing you're going to be the most passionate to write, right? It's not what you know that you're going to write the most. The thing you love the most is what you're going to write. See, Papa. So if there's something you really, really love, whether it be genre, whether it be a drama, whether it be a comedy, um, sci-fi, whatever, it's going to make you want to write it. So my suggestion to you, let's just pick sci-fi for the sake of an argument. Sure. Say you want to write a cool sci-fi film. Well, we got little Miss Sci-Fi here with us, so she can really go in on this. Um, just like horror, oh God, just yes. like comedy, there are different genres, genres within a genre. Subgenres, yeah. Right? So you need to know which one it is that you want to write, mm-hmm. right? The Matrix is different from, um, 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 what's the one we were just talking about the other day? With the, what's the girl with the bald head? Um, just came out. Last year, Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Machina. You know, completely different movie. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. I have to say, when I was a kid, I used to always say, Ex Machina, also. (laughs) And I was like, high school, one of my teachers looked at me like, oh, it's Ex Machina. Machina. And I thought, well, here's the thing. When you're Mm -hmm. used to reading something, you hear what you think in your own head. It locks into your head. It locks into your head. So now I hear it now. Don't don't feel bad. It's all good. (laughs) Public school (laughs) is fine. Exactly. Wait, because it's, what is it, Dos Es Machina? I used to call it Dosa Machina. I I appreciate the correction. That's my friend. She's not gonna let me walk around yeah. sounding ignorant. That's love. No, I hear that now. So I was like, that's how I used to say it too. And it's in my funny. head. That's how it sounded. That's the way it should be saying it. Um, 
You know, so, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, finish I was just thought. saying when you said that, what would I do right now? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, just mind you, if I was able to go back in time like 10 years from now, mm-hmm. what I would have done, because when I, my first script I wrote, the first three scripts I wrote were like horror. Mm-hmm. If I could go back right now. But that now, was what you loved. Yes. Right. If I could go back right now, I could mm-hmm. fucking kick myself now. But mm-hmm. I would go to those small production companies that I turned my noses up mm-hmm. at, and I would go write the shit out of whatever I could write mm-hmm. just to get the writing experience and get, get produced. And get produced. Yes. I, I, to this day, there were production companies like, hey, well, what else do you have? And I'm thinking, well, because you know, when you first start off back in the old days before they really had everything on the internet, you would have to get the producer's book. Yeah. The, you know, the whatever, producers, mm-hmm. director's book. You, mm-hmm. I would go to the writer's store, go mm-hmm. get it. Because, you know, you have to update it every year because yep. they change phone numbers, they change people. So literally, I've been investing. Oh, my God. Month, they, them fucking yes. books are expensive, yeah. too. And I would get it and I would go through and make phone calls. And then they have, like, the smaller production companies. Mm-hmm. And because when you're young, your first thing is, I'm going to sell a million-dollar script and I'm going to be famous. <laughs> if I could go back now, I would go back to every one of those smaller production companies mm-hmm. that I kind of turned my nose up and like, eh, you're not really. We all did it. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not New Line Cinema. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not Mike DeLuca. And now they're big, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, Bender Spink? Oh my oh, God. I, I don't even want to I tell turned you down Circle of Confusion uh, when they bitch, first came out. Bitch. I okay. was the same thing. Circle of Confusion. I, I was measure, like, mm. Yeah, they were like, we want to see you. I'm like, Circle of Confusion. Now, now listen, you y'all. You ain't got shit. That's, these are real. Now, these motherfuckers, these are, okay. I wish. Okay. Hard learned lessons. Yes. Wish. That's called learning the hard yes. way. You oh, turn down a company. I guy. turned them down. I but had a female no. pimp store, and they was like, can you send... A, you, the dude had left another company mm-hmm. and had worked for them and was doing his own thing. And now I'm not going to say his name because I'm embarrassed now. I may have to go back and e-crow. <laughs> but it was like, and like a year later, he asked me for it again. I'm like, you're not even working for those people mm-hmm. anymore. And now I'm like, bitch. Right. But back then, you probably didn't have a sense of how difficult it is. Yes. For a lot of people, just to get read. Yes. Correct. Just to get your script looked at. But you touched on those smaller production companies. I think in addition to finding out who they are, who they're doing business Mm -hmm. with, and a lot of them exist because they're able to partner with either a bigger production company Mm -hmm. or studio, a joint venture, and each of them come up with a certain percentage of financing. That's kind of how they operate. So you have to not only look them up, whether it's in some of those traditional books or through the internet, but you also got to look at the credits in films and television and combine that information. Mm -hmm. If you're really current on what they're doing and they may not always have tons of projects on the market currently, Mm -hmm. but you have to be on top of what they're currently doing as well as what they've done. And that will really give you a picture of kind of where they are. And a lot of them, are working with writers effectively who have projects on spec, even mm-hmm. if the writer's experienced, yep. and they're going out and trying to sell those projects. And relationships come out of that, even if the first project didn't get purchased or mm-hmm. didn't get a yes. You yeah. have to open your mouth and ask for stuff. One of the best things I ever did, and I don't, I, maybe it's because we were, I was in a writing fellowship, and one of the fellows <laughs> was actually a producer. And so at the end of the fellowship, I knew that she was working at a production company that I was interested in maybe sending some stuff to. So the best thing I ever did was, hey, I want to practice doing coverage Mm -hmm. because I remember all the shit I did with Sony, all Mm -hmm. that free coverage I gave my friend. (laughs) And I thought, why not parlay that and get back into that? Because I figured that might be a way to get in Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, can I just do free coverage for you? Mm -hmm. If you got any projects, I know you guys probably got a lot of people who are reading stuff, but I'm more than willing. And mind you, I said without pay. 
because I wanted to get my hands on professional stuff to see, number one, what was out there and what my competition was. Mm -hmm. And number two, to get some names of some of these other writers and also the name of the production companies and agents. A lot of times on the script, it'll say they're agents or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're sending it over. So it was my way of let me see what the competition is. And she said, yeah. And so literally I would go drop in, go pick up a stack of scripts, Mm -hmm. read them, see who some of these people are. And the best lesson I got from that is some of these people who were represented we're still doing grammar errors and typos, and some of the shit still wow. wasn't tight. So wow. it was kind of like a, a nice positive boost of knowing, like, all the shit they tell you, make sure your shit is tight. They want to look at it. Here are the professionals, okay, yeah. who are making one-on-one mistakes um, mm-hmm. and don't care. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of helped me out. And I'm so glad I opened my mouth and was willing to do something for free mm-hmm. because I knew in the long run it was going to help me out. And it did, because I was like learning about the different production companies. I was learning about different agencies and managers, getting a collection of names that I can go look up on my own later. Mm-hmm. Um, taking advantage of a lot of the WGA things. If you're able to go to events that are sponsored by either Sundance Lab, a lot of these places that you can't go to, they may come to your city and do <clears> special <throat> workshops, go. Because one of the things I did with the WGA it got me one of my first my first you know options was because i had met somebody mm-hmm. and was asking hey do you know of any people who are looking for stuff and she just remembered and i said well if i hear of anything mm-hmm. i'll let you know exchange information and every now and then i would drop a line hey how's it going you mm-hmm. know how you doing not intrusive not even intrusive yeah. just literally hey how's it going and literally i kid you not maybe about a year and a half later she sent me an email and said hey this production company is looking for a specific thing and mm-hmm. i remembered you said you had a script idea mm-hmm. i don't know if you might be interested in it here's the information and it set up basically a meeting. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Consuela Flores, who worked at WGA. But basically, well, sure. it's just doing that, you yeah. know, speaking so, up mean, and asking. There's a lot of things we can do. We can go on and on and on about this, you know, for a long time, as you see, because it's a topic, a strong topic. Yes. And the thing, you, you both, you know, tied into something really interesting. Every year, these things that we could do to get in change. Yep. If you Somewhere. think about it, yes. Twelve years ago, how we would have gotten is different. How we get in now, mm-hmm. you for know. Sure. And and I feel for the young kids today who are trying to get in, it's it's difficult. But I, I, you started to say something earlier. I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave it with this. If I were a younger writer and I had two scripts that I felt were strong, what I would do. This is just me. What I'm seeing, I have sent so many people to the blacklist who've gotten an eight or a seven. And now have an agent mm-hmm. in two weeks. Yep. In two weeks. Okay. That would be my biggest suggestion. Yeah, the blacklist. If you is have really a script that you feel is badass, you got a badass log line, a badass script, you know, you want to get in right. fast? Right. At least you get on the list. And mm-hmm. here's here's what's huge about that. And and mind you, Hilliard, none of us work for the blacklist. No. We nope. don't work for Franklin Leonard nope. I ain't and no his money. folks, but you should understand that you can get that script coverage and evaluation without publicly listing yep. your material. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that gives you the chance to get the coverage, go back, fix rework, mm-hmm. fix the script, put it back up there. You can essentially workshop your material mm-hmm. with these professionals 
until it gets to a level where it can compete with what else is out there that's being considered. Correct. And sometimes you need to know where, like I now, said, you need to know where you stand. Yeah. Because some of y'all need to find out that uh, you really are three, and they looking for kids, <laughs> and the same for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And there's, a, there's a nominal fee. Mm-hmm. It's not free. Yeah. Nothing really is free. And you have to get at least two this. coverages. Yep. Right. You know. And you have to be willing to <laughs> invest in yourself. Correct. Mm-hmm. So that's something for nothing mentality is not going to get you very far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And y'all know who you are. Get it together. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's move on from that. Mm-hmm. So um, thinking about questions that were asked all the time. I think when people ask me, we're, we're at an interesting time where, I mean, everybody wants to be in TV now. Right. So you started to talk a little bit about the programs. Right? Sure. It used to be that the easiest, I don't want to say the easiest, easiest is always a negative way, but it used to be that the most common way for a staff writer to get a staff job is to come out of ABC Fellowship like you did, right? As an example, NBC, right. writers, right. writers on the Verge, you know, Fox, right. whatever, to get yourself on staff, right? right? Because through the program, they you know, they work with you guys, they, they put you with a mentor, and the mentor likes you, and boom, they bring you on the show, for, for example, right? Yes. That's kind of going by the wayside a little bit. You, now you hear, every once in a while, you still hear, oh, everybody in the ABC Fellowship got staff this year. But sometimes you hear, oh, only one person got staff this year. You know what I mean? Yes. It's not everybody. No. Just because you get in doesn't guarantee you to get on a fucking show. No right. question. Right? right? Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I would, I would say this. And for the out-of-towners, people who are interested in television, scripted television, and to some extent unscripted too, really, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be far more challenging outside of L.A. So you're going to have to decide – if you're not willing to relocate to Los Angeles or if you don't have that option today, you know, again, what can you do from where you are? What can you, you can always work on your material, Mm -hmm. but if you really want to get in the television game, certainly the scripted game at some point in time. And I would just say sooner rather than later, you're going to have to be in Los Angeles. Yeah, you cannot um, be a working writer in TV one. not yeah. living here. And we're working and we're all Unless you're an established writer exactly. who can afford to move somewhere else. Exactly. Right. Now we're recording this here in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go all around the world, which is exciting, but mm-hmm. we're in Los Angeles. We're so in Hollywood. We're in Hollywood now, right now. The the television writing programs while they are still effective, um, many of them are great. Many of them represent the best and only opportunity for a lot of people. Um, It got me in the game years ago, but they have their imperfections. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to speak to your your question directly, Mm -hmm. but a question I get a lot is what's it like? What do you do when you get in? You lots of, and I'm, I haven't been in the program in a long time. Mm -hmm. So I'm surprised to still get those questions. And what I tell other writers or newbies, I was like, look, I will tell you whatever you want to know from when I was there, my experience. Mm -hmm. But most of what I tell you is not going to be useful until you actually get in the program. Interesting. If you have the good fortune to get accepted, Mm -hmm. then we can really talk. 
um, at least from an ABC perspective. But even with that, every year is different, Mm -hmm. whether it's the ABC Writers Fellowship, whether it's NBC's Writers on the Verge, Mm -hmm. Fox Writers Intention, Mm -hmm. Writers Intensive, the CBS. Mm -hmm. They're all different. Every year is different from the previous one. And so if you haven't been accepted yet, Nickelodeon, Mm -hmm. you still have to keep working on your stuff until you have a script that can compete. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, there's a lot of competition. Can I ask you a quick question? Sure. How many times did you submit before you got in? I was one for one okay, when I finally got in. Most people I know took two or three times However, to get in. Here's, here's what That's I would tell you. That's why I said that, because people don't people think, oh, I didn't get in, <laughs> well, I'm going to give up. Here's what I would right. tell you, because I used to tell people back there, like, oh, my God, you, you uh, sent in one script. It's two things. Mm-hmm. One, years prior to that, I was rejected for what the Fox program was at the time. Oh, before it, it became different. the intensive? And, you know, mm-hmm. when you... When you and I talk, you mm-hmm. know, on the mic uh, for a long time, I'll tell you all about this. There's a show <laughs> called is a show called Fast Lane, which was on Fox at the yeah. time with Bill Bellamy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. McShee used to do it. That's how far Paris back was it on was. Mm-hmm. And so I had gone through that process years before. Okay. And the same script that got me in was also rejected in the Warner Brothers program. <laughs> so you never Irony. know. You never know. And you have no control like you got to learn not to stress and worry about what you can't control right. and yeah. focus on what you can do, what you can control. So the programs are great, but all of them have some imperfections. Right. And to what Hilliard was saying before, you have some people who get in there, they get on a roll, um, they click with executives who they meet, and mm-hmm. they get staffed in short order, and their career takes off. You have other people who aren't so fortunate and don't get quite the fast start. Maybe they get staffed on a show and things don't necessarily happen immediately after that. We all know a couple of people who have been in multiple programs who have had that experience. Mm -hmm. Still haven't been staffed. mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, But again, you can't, and sometimes it's a challenge. We're all human. But you can't worry about the next man or the next woman and you can't assume this is for writers and directors. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the director's program. Yeah, true. I know a couple of directors who took off. Mm-hmm. One of them is doing very well in television today. Um, another one who had a short film like most applicants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's working. He's doing different things. But he's not where he wants to be. So sure. it depends. What you have to do, again, is be on top of your stuff in a real way and the blacklist is key for that programs like it but also those relationships uh, the people that you meet even if you don't get hired or the help and support immediately mm-hmm. um, that's a person that you add to your list of contacts who may help you like Lisa was talking about years down the road mm-hmm. and another thing that's key with that in terms of keeping in touch with people and this is a lesson I had to learn mm-hmm. Most people, if you're not some kind of asset for them professionally, if you are not able to help them in their career and what they're doing, they're going to be a little less inclined to invest time Mm -hmm. even talking to you. Mm -hmm. They'll be nice. They'll be polite. But it's like, what are you doing for me? Well, you just you just uh, you just jumped into something. Lisa and I get this all the time. 
people always ask me, can I be their mentor? And I hate when people do that. I'm just going to say it on air. Fuck it. Um, because, Your show, brother. No, because look, a mentor finds you. Does that make sense to you? Yes. You don't, they don't, you don't go out looking for somebody for yourself to mentor. Right. They come to you because they need some help with something, and they start doing little things that you go, I'm going to help this person do such and such. You know what I mean? Right. They, like you said, yeah. like we, we were interviewing somebody, um, and they were talking about how, oh, we were, remember we were, introducing, we were interviewing Twinkie. Yes. Bird. And she was talking about how when she was interviewed for the big casting director who did the Cosby show, right. she said, is anybody taking out your trash? That's right. Right? That's the person you want to mentor. Right. <laughs> right? Somebody who's like, I'll and do anything for you. You're hitting the right? nail on the head because you have to learn newer writers. You have to learn how to talk and think in a way where when you approach people, when you mm -hmm. do meet that potential mentor or potential person who can help you, you're positioning yourself so that you are an asset. You can be an asset to them. You can help them in some way. Mm -hmm. You have to think about that. But Lisa also really made a great point, which was when you're reaching out and kind of keeping in touch, it's nice when you can do that and you don't want anything. Yeah. Yes. Folks Definitely. are used to, you know, having favors asked to them or they need something. So you really have to balance that out. Hey, just saying hello. I've even gone so far and sometimes say, don't want anything. Just seeing how you're doing. Yeah. You know, what's up? You can't forget mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. People appreciate that later. And, you know, it's, it's competitive. There's no one. If, if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. True. There's a lot of competition. But, you know, if you're passionate about your subject matter, that's also going to yeah. potentially help your material to stand out. Mm -hmm. So you keep applying to those fellowship programs. You read the, the scripts of the shows that worked. And, you know, you keep at it. You will get better eventually. Yeah. You can't overdo it. Right. You, know, you can't overdo it. If you're you in L.A. kind of being out all the time, hanging out, mm -hmm. like they have a lot, the programs have a lot of informational events. Mm -hmm. And the executives who run the programs are out at those events a lot. And that's great. Right. But if you know your script needs work, and this is another thing that a lot of people don't do or a lot of people accidentally do they end up writing to the deadline okay you know deep down <laughs> your favorite thing is sample could use a little bit more work mm -hmm. another pass but the deadline's in a couple of weeks so you kind of got the deadline in your head mm -hmm. so you know we say don't get ready you know stay ready if you stay ready you don't have to get ready right so it may take you the better part of a year and you know we're talking about specs of existing television shows you know that's difficult to do in a few months you know even if you don't work full-time or have other responsibilities mm -hmm. so i'm not saying don't apply don't okay. send it in but you got to be honest with yourself about what it's going to take to get and, that and, material to the right are, level specs are harder to write more than ever because almost all of them are serialized now Yes. Unless it's a law and order. They, yes. they are not standalone episodes anymore, hardly yes. on any shows. But, and I, I don't mean to interrupt. This Sorry. is a good tidbit. If you look at the Warner Brothers television workshop website now, mm -hmm. 
they provide applicants with a list of acceptable existing show. Obviously, oh, it has to be a show that's still on the air. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty comprehensive list. Yeah. So that's a, a good general guideline mm-hmm. from which to start. There used to be some sites, the names are escaping me now, which would talk about mm-hmm. speckable comedy or drama scripts, what's mm-hmm. good this year. And it's tough. You're right. With the heavily serialized dramas is tough to do but warner brothers is literally giving you a list and so you can at least start to think about all right this is these are the lanes Mm -hmm. that i have to consider Mm -hmm. and you're not you know reinventing the wheel far to the left trying to start let me give you since you just said that i'm thinking about another question that i'm asked all the time which is from a younger writers right asking me should they write a pilot or should they write a spec right now we all know most people are pretty much more interested in reading your pilots. However, I think it's a good practice for you to at least have a spec. Yes. Two, right. You need to know that you can mimic somebody else's voice. Absolutely. You, know, you need to know that you can watch and, 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 and study a TV show and get that voice and figure out how to break it down so that when you write your show, no doubt. <laughs> you know what I mean? No doubt. You go, oh, okay. And there's there's two answers to the question. Sure, go I'm going to defer to Lisa. Go ahead, Lisa. You go ahead. No. Well, look, well, okay, okay. Number, there's two answers. The first answer is if you're serious, you got to do both. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, spec and a pilot. Original pilot yes. is, is very important in television. Your voice, your ability to command uh, a story, a unique world. That whole thing. We could do a podcast just on yes. TV pilots. <laughs> yes. But the second answer is, in terms of which one to choose, you choose the one that's going to get you read. Thank you. That's different for some of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. A pilot may get you read quickly or mm-hmm. quicker or more easily. If you're just doing sort of a fellowship play, then, you know. The spec may be the best use of your time. Mm-hmm. You write the one that's going to get read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you write first the one that's going to get read. Nobody's going anywhere with just one hot script. Mm-hmm. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be fire. <laughs> but if that's the only one you have, yes. you're very short term with that. Mm-hmm. So you need to be prepared to do both. And it's, you know us too, those of us mm-hmm. who are a little bit more experienced... And but you also think about the one that's going to get you get the most eyeballs and get you the most attention. I think that's so important because the scariest words you could ever hear in a meeting is "What else do you have?" Oh yeah. And you sitting there and you, I'm telling like Dr. Patrice said, your shit could be fire. That script could be like flames coming off of right then and there. <laughs> like they can see like the second coming right there. <laughs> but it's always going to be the drug. Well, what else do you have? And if you ain't got nothing else, mm-hmm. the first thing they think is you, this is all you got. Like you, you've put your one hit wonder. Yeah. One hit wonder. Yeah. You're not for got. real. Yeah. That's <laughs> really know? what they're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's this I, is I luck. Mean, yeah. Because. I'm just only saying this from experience. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Learn from people who've made those mistakes and Mm -hmm. just be ready. Because I remember some, thank God, somebody said, even if you don't have it, you better be able to make up shit on the fly. What else do you have? Like, and come up with a pitch. And I remember Mm -hmm. I had that happen to be one scenario. I was going in with another producer to pitch to another studio. God. You know, when we went on Universal Live, I remember going in like excited Mm -hmm. because we had worked on this pitch. (laughs) Woo, it's hot. And then those dreaded words, well, what else do you have? <laughs> and I remember the producer turned and looked at me and like, 
for a minute, y'all, my spirit left my body. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. I looked down on the sitch like you better come up with something because it's like it froze in time. Like literally, I was like paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit! I wasn't <laughs> like I had spent the whole weekend. We had been timing this mm-hmm. the whole toss off. You know, you know, get them excited, bring in my experience, and then it was just like I drifted back down into my body, and then I just started like gunslinger, ninja yeah. stars, just yeah. shit that I knew I had was going to write. <laughs> but see, but see, you're just tied into something. You're just tied into something. You know, but I had to do it on Every the fly. Every one of us are writers. There's no way. If you're serious about writing, you're the type of guy who carries a notepad. Mm-hmm. You're the type of guy who, on your phone, you just have a story section in your notes. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, where you, you're at a party, you hear some, I mean, I'm all the time going, I got to write that shit down. That shit was yeah. funny. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And those things that you are writing down are, are arsenals. Is mm-hmm. that the right word? Your arsenal, that, yeah. That yeah. you can use when you arsenal. go into a pitch mm-hmm. and you don't have a full script, you have at least this premise. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's really all they want. Just give me a premise. It's about a guy. I got this great that, yeah. I had that happen to me when I <laughs> right? did the Film Independent Fellowship. And back in the day when they did it, um, at the end of it, they would like pair you up with like two mentors to go talk to. Mm-hmm. And one of my mentor people I, I got to go talk to was Stephanie Elaine. Oh, yeah. And um, I, she read my script and we had talked about it and I remember she had told me my script you know this really sounds like it'd be a TV series my New Orleans script Mm -hmm. at the time and I could kick myself now because I could have had the Treme show way before it came out but and then she said the same thing she goes Mm -hmm. oh this is great this could be a TV show but what else do you have Mm -hmm. and I remember sitting there well I have and I remember she told me she's look you got to have some other stuff, you know, when you come in and you say stuff. And luckily I was able to talk about some sure. other things. And she was like, oh, that sounds like something good. At the time I didn't have that written, but I knew. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just one of those things that kicked in. So when I had that panic, you know, the next time I went in and I rose out of my body mm-hmm. and I came back down, it happened. That's when I realized that, and I'm going to say this now, that wasn't my fault. That was the other producer's fault because <laughs> I was told we was coming in just to pitch this project. And I thought this was going to be a, but you know, I guess you learned some you know, shit, I mean, you? it was a project we were trying to get for Drew Barrymore. And mm-hmm. it was like, hey, hey. And then it happened. And I was like, well, shit. And when he looked at me like, and, and I'm like, well, fuck. But you have to remember this. Sometimes, and I've been on the opposite side of this where somebody came in to pitch to me. And it's not that I didn't like the project. But it sparked me going, oh, this is pretty good. I wonder if they got anything else that they... Right. So sometimes right. you're just asking the question right. to see, if you can write this, you can write some other shit. Because a lot of right? time, this is the lesson I learned too, is sometimes you may go on and pitch a project. They don't like that particular project. Mm-hmm. And they will say, well, do you have anything else? Because what you might end up pitching to them might be something that they need a writer for anyway. They Correct. may need a writer for hire, and you might be the perfect person. So a lot mm-hmm. of times, don't don't go in thinking, oh, man, they hated that writing. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you don't even know. They may have something else in the pipeline that's similar. Okay. They Honestly, they might not be interested. But you may be the writer they need for something else. So mm-hmm. by having those other pitches and things ready to go – it might kick off something and then I'm like, yeah. you might be the person that we need not for this project. We ain't going to buy that, but I'll hire you to come in here and do mm-hmm. this piece. And that's, that's always exciting too. And you have to be willing to do that. I think one of the things I think writers have to be willing to do is you may have to let go of your own original voice to write for something else. Sure. Some people going, I'm just going to write my own project and I'm going to do my own thing. And no, I don't want to write whatever you guys are working mm-hmm. on. I'm here to sell. You got to be open to get whatever you can get. Totally. Cause it's yeah. a learning experience, yeah. you when, know, when you're which, starting, which is, which is why, Tracy, you said at the beginning, um, some of us, and we all do, can write some of everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the cool thing that you young writers and, and even some of the older writers can do while you're not in the system, is you can experiment. Mm-hmm. Right. 
and won't and cost you nothing. Don't cost you a penny. You know, first you start off with writing what you love. So yeah. if you love horror, like we both do, that was some of our first scripts, right? Mm. If you love drama, whatever it is, right. write that first. And then experiment and go, you know what? I have this interesting sci-fi idea. I wonder if I could do that. Mm-hmm. And go and fucking read The Matrix. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the best scripts out there. You know, whatever it is you love, right? Yeah. Read those scripts and see how they did it. Yeah. And I guarantee you it'll give you momentum and ammunition to write your script. No doubt. You and here, I mean? here's another jewel for sure. today. Because some of us can remember even before YouTube was really popping off. <clears throat> and some of y'all may not want to hear it, but tell it. Give you the give you the real. <laughs> um you have to think about something else you can do to complement your script. There are a lot of writers who, whether they got hired the first time or more recently, they got hired through something other than their script. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if it's Explain a web that. series, mm-hmm. if it's mm-hmm. a pod, certainly in the comedy world, yeah. if it's a web series, mm-hmm. if it's a podcast, if it's, a short film, which has become less expensive to do. Mm-hmm. Think about a way for you to do your own thing aside from just having a script so that you can add to your arsenal, as we talked about, and your profile as a writer, mm-hmm. as a content creator. Correct. Okay, you got to think of yourself as a content creator. Everyone's not going to be a multi hyphenate, mm-hmm. no. but there are a lot of people. Fewer and fewer people are getting hired just from one hot script. So you have to think about that. And not only is it less expensive and easier than it used to be, you will probably surprise yourself with what you're able to do right right now. You just said something interesting. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's my independent mode. I think you kind of need to be a hyphenate to some extent. Hear me out. I understand. 10, 15 years ago before we had digital and you only were shooting on film and 16 and all that stuff, yeah, you could just be a writer. But now, when every, you could, your fucking cell phone can look like tangerine if you're smart. That's right. right? Yep. You need to be able to at least be able to fucking produce shit. Yeah. You, know, you should at least understand how to make content. No question. You know what I mean? I don't care if it's a short. I don't care if it's a two-minute piece on Funny or Die. Comic books. Whatever it is. Whatever. A comic, whatever. Mm-hmm. I do think you need to be multitasking. And what I found, speaking to people like Glenn and Jeff um, Melvoin and people, they actually like people who understand that there's more than just writing. No mm-hmm. question. You know what I mean? Which is why I probably get a lot of work because people are like, wow, this dude can do right. whatever. I right. can put him anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? He can run the set. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. And I can. Mm-hmm. It's big. And, and, and that is a really, really important um, um, exercise to do for yourself. Right. And, and so we were talking earlier about, I can never pronounce her name, Sylvia, Sylvia Gray? Celia. Celia. Mm-hmm. Forgive me. Celia, this is a shout out to you. Um. You know, asking us about like what can we do when you don't live in California, and and I know I posted back to you the blacklist is one suggestion to you if you have a script ready, mm-hmm. um, and also produce something. Totally make something. Totally, you know, just because you live in Seattle, and I've been to Seattle. I've shot a movie in Seattle. Okay, 
on a low budget and it looks expensive as fuck. Totally. <laughs> I know there are people in Seattle and there are school in Portland that, and yeah, all that school shit or whatever. Film school departments you know, out there who are trying, like yes. you know, student filmmakers who are trying to get something. You can write content for yes. them to get it out there so mm-hmm. you can have something a real and say, I've got something. Yeah, Seattle or Portland. She's from up there somewhere. Uh-huh. Forgive me. And, and, and all I'm saying is I don't care if you live in Utah. Or not Utah, Iowa, whatever the fuck, no right? Shit. And just in the middle of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody has a camera. No question. All the kids today in school are experimenting. There's some nerds somewhere around you that you can go on Craigslist and find, right? And say, hey, I'm a I have, I'm a right. Oh. Let's meet up. Let me, Here's some KFC. Let me tell you. you okay. Saying? What did, What does Bill Tob say? Pizza for ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you go make no question. Right. I'll I'll take it to a personal place ahead, just just for a minute. When I saw time going by mm-hmm. and I wasn't necessarily gonna get to producer level as quickly as I hoped in television, mm-hmm. like I wanted to be able to say that I'm a writer producer. Yeah. Um I happened to meet uh, someone in D.C. years ago. I think we're doing OBS oh, yeah, on that. tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I met the sister. She had an idea for a movie. She had the whole crew of folks there at Howard willing to shoot. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Lori Nelson. Yeah, and Lee. promoter. Um, when Life Gives You Shoestrings is the name of the short film. Okay. Executive produced by yours truly. That's what's up. But my contribution was, I said, well, I can help you with the script. Mm-hmm. You know, I can throw in a little cash, or whatever, mm-hmm. and they were happy to do that yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. And somewhere on IMDb, there mm-hmm. it is. But when I heard that Tangerine was done on an iPhone, right. mm-hmm. the next it day, bad ass. I, that was a great movie. Have you seen, you yes, I had. It's so movie. good, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I've been on those streets yes. without a car, yes. so I know what it's like yes. on a Highland and in Santa Monica. Like a five, not a six, exactly. Okay. Okay. But the next the next day, I got on the phone and started putting together um, a documentary okay, that good. I'm going to uh, write and produce. Shout out to my man Kenji Jasper in DC. Mm-hmm. And so, but you have to do something else. Yes, right. about, even if now, if you're a performer, it may be a little easier. Mm-hmm. Stand up comic, actor, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're used to being that multi hyphenate and having mm-hmm. different things that they bring to the table in terms of the project. But new writers who may still be used to sitting in the room, you know, on the laptop or on the keyboard, mm-hmm. you're going to have to, most likely you're going to have to do something else to go right. with it. And it only helps you. It helps your experience. It helps your expertise. And it's going to help raise your profile in a mm-hmm. very competitive environment. That's right. just well, what right. it is. You just said something, you know, I talk about all the time about <clears throat> how, okay, if I lived in a small town somewhere, I guarantee there's probably a coffee shop somewhere. So let's say you do write at home. Great. Write at home. Make a copy of that fucking script. Put the two brads on it. Look like a professional writer mm-hmm. with your name on it and all that other shit. Yes. And go to a coffee shop and just sit there and read. And watch how many people will just start to be curious about what you're reading. You know? That's how I sit. That's how yeah. I met. I mean, I go down a list of how many big writers I met just sitting at. Of course, we're here in Hollywood, so you're more than likely going to meet right. somebody. Right. But, I mean, I'll be sitting on a plane. And I'll meet somebody just having a conversation because they see me actually reading an actual script. I make one on purpose to get on a plane. Simple even if things, I'm not reading mine. Simple things right? you can do. I've met I've met writers <laughs> wait, and people wait, on planes. Wait, wait, wait. He'll be going. He he, you're fishing. He got his little script. 
I'm just letting you know what I do. <laughs> yes. I'm letting you know I'm a yep. pro. Right. Yep. Right. You might immediately think, oh, he's probably an actor. Mm-hmm. But then you have a conversation with me and right. realize mm-hmm. I'm actually on the other side of the mm-hmm. camera. Right. You know what I mean? I'm doing that until I'm drawing you to me. And that is the problem when you're not in L.A. or big city where things are happening. Isolation, they say, is a kiss of death. You can't be so isolated Correct. that people don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So to Hilliard's point. Take that script and print it. Put the one and a quarter inch brads in it and sit in the coffee. If not a coffee shop, maybe you go to a college campus. Exactly. Maybe you find Somewhere. that boy or girl with the camera who's mm-hmm. looking to shoot something. You go where people are. So there's common sense things you can do. You have to change your thinking and be willing to put yourself out there on a certain level. And Lisa was talking about being in that meeting mm-hmm. and having Stephanie Elaine, who's obviously a great mentor, oh, yeah. um, for those of us who know who she is, um, work with John Singleton, very big part of the LA film festival mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. But you, before you leave, it's like, well, I appreciate the time and, you know, please keep me in mind. We used to talk about articulating. Mm-hmm. What do you want? You want the get and being clear. That's yes. another one. Cause you if get you on the elevator mm-hmm. and, and you meet someone as well, what do you want to do? That has to be, a clear and concise answer. You don't want to be that person as well. I started out in editing, but I'm thinking about writing now, but this is a project I may want to direct. So it's a combination of editing, writing, direct. If someone asks you what you want to do, you got to be clear about yeah. that. Which you just said something. One of the things that I hate the most is hearing somebody says, I'm an aspiring writer. I hate when people don't claim <laughs> what they are. Right. If you sat down and you started writing something, you're already claiming to be something. I yes. understand you haven't produced something. You're not a produce writer. Right. I get that. But if you are claiming and you've written two or three stories, you know, right. or a book or whatever, you're a fucking writer. Just because you haven't been paid doesn't mean you're not a writer. Mm-hmm. I hate when people say I'm aspiring to be positive a thinking. You know, yeah, you just well, have to believe that. And language is important. Correct. So when you say aspiring. Or you're going to try to do something, mm-hmm. you're kind of diminishing totally. yourself. Right. And totally. when you understand that, you kind of take. You're asking words for forgiveness. What you're saying for is, reason. I'm a writer, but yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It goes to, it goes to my the the word that I always tell when we talk about pitching, um, and I probably have sat in about uh, two or three hundred pitches. I've heard my f- word I hate the most is basically. I hate when somebody says, well... I apologize. Basically, it's about... It's the same tone to me. You see how you said, basically, right. your whole body went down yes, when you did it. Yes. It's not coming from a place of, this is what it's about. Yeah. So whenever people start off with, well, basically, it's a story about... And you're asking me I for kept, forgiveness. Yes, I you're saying, myself all the You're time saying, I don't really know what it's about. Right. But I'm going to tell you what I think it's about. Mm-hmm. Instead of coming from, here's what it's about. No good. Mm-hmm. Check out how great this story is. No good. Right? Exactly. So... So, what you just say? Words mean everything. They mean everything. They mean everything. Yeah. So that's another word that I I try to put it out of my. Sometimes it slips in, right? But not when I'm pitching. Right. <laughs> when I hear right. that, I can yes. still almost like I have just killed this right now. And you now. can never undo. I can't do undo it. That mediocre first impression, yes. or that it's like done. you're trying to knock people out. Yeah. So that lukewarm once is you can't undo that. Yeah. It's like a limp handshake. It, that's. <laughs> Yes. yes. That's, Basically, that's why you practice and prepare. Mm-hmm. Be a Boy Scout. Yes. Be a Girl Scout. 
Be prepared when you get up in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not hard to do. All of us can do that. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter where you live and what your situation is like preparation. That's the bare minimum in terms of, of getting started. Yes. Last thing I want to add ahead, is ahead. use social media. Yeah. Oh I have God. so many like I'm so happy. Like thank you for any of those those um especially the horror ones, those independent filmmakers who start to follow me on there and I'll follow you back. Because one, I love horror and I love independent horror and I love people who are actually trying to make, I'm so sorry, I got a Jolly Rancher in my mouth. But <laughs> he's got candy in front of me. Did somebody, didn't somebody apple. get on you on Twitter about they didn't hear you eating Doritos? Or the Doritos, shit? look, the Doritos bag is sitting right there and I'm not, but I got... Hill, Hilliard's candy game is serious. He's got the, oh my God, he's got everything here. And the, I'm snack, here the snack game sitting, is real. I was sitting there trying to keep it like, Lisa, just keep it low in the back of the jaw. But it's so juicy and delicious, the apple. I apologize. Let me, let me tug it back down. Come on, Jolly but, Rancher. Okay. But, tastes like a, tastes like a uh, what's them sticks that we used to get? You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pixie sticks. No, no, no. What were they called? No, no. You mean that they were like Jolly Ranchers? They, but they were long and they were like Yes, and they were square. thin. Yes. Yeah. What do we call those? How are they called? Um, you know, help us about. out, people. I think those they were, were basically Jolly Ranchers, but they were like. No, but out. they were like a long yeah. stick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Kind of flat. Yeah, they were flat. Anyway, so social media. Mm hmm. You can find people like you can type stuff in like you know wherever city is San Diego filmmakers. You can find yes different organizations and things like I was just texting through through San Diego because I know a lot of filmmakers that are down there who are trying to do things, and you'll be surprised at how many people are are doing things right in the city that you're at right now. Correct. Just using social you media. You can start a hashtag. Yeah. And people yeah. Will start hitting you. You know, and mm-hmm. just creating your own like and go to the local film festivals in your town. Pretty much every city now has probably got some yeah. type of film festival. Every state at least has yeah. some major that's film right. festival somewhere, yeah. for the most part. And go to film festivals that you don't think, hey, that's not, you know, like in San Diego, I go to the Asian uh, the Asian American Film Festival, mm-hmm. Latino Film, I mean, I go to all the film festivals, because filmmakers are filmmakers, mm-hmm. and you never know who's there that yep. you can connect with. And one of the best experiences I tell people all the time is you gotta go. Like, when, God bless, rest his soul, when Kevin would go down to, mm-hmm. you know, Austin, he would go to the... That was the best thing, going to Sundance. Just going to be around other filmmakers is so stimulating. Mm -hmm. And just being in the scene and seeing how things are happening, sometimes that just helps you just get over that hump, like to make it serious, Mm -hmm. to really commit to doing it. I'm going to say one last thing. One of of the other things that, um, why do I keep forgetting how to pronounce her name? Forgive me. Sylvia? Sylvia. 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 God damn it. (laughs) Forgive me, Sylvia. I keep wanting to say your name with a V. Um, you also mentioned that you might be going to, she might be signing up for um, film school. Oh, nice. And I was like, great. Yes. But I do want you to know, you do not have to go to film mm-hmm. school. I don't want to promote people not to go to film school. You do not need film school. You just need to learn your craft. You can learn your craft without film school. However, if you can afford to go to film school, do it. go to film school. That's mm-hmm. right. Right? Mm-hmm. Do it for you, especially if you live in a place where there's nobody else and that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Go. Right? Right. We live in LA where you don't have to be in film school. No, you don't. You'll be sitting in a coffee shop sitting next to a freaking director. And next thing you know, you find out I'm in a short film. <laughs> you know right what I mean? I did not know it. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not as if if you go to film school, graduating film school is somehow going to put you where you need yeah. to be. It doesn't mean you're it's, gonna get a job. It's what you do correct in the program and coming out of the program. How strong is your a lot of non film school grads, I think Todd Nunez talked yeah. about this. Yeah. It's like he it's went about, 10 years after graduating. It's about what you still. do right. yes. and what you're able to produce. That's mm-hmm. what people are interested in. It's not, oh, you went to film school? Yeah. Come on in. And no. Right. It's, no. Right. Right. But what Hillier is saying is if you have the opportunity, great. Make the most of it. Make it's the a most good of thing. It. Yep. But don't stress out yeah. 
if you're not able to do that for whatever reason. Yeah, the good thing about film school is if you're not disciplined, maybe it'll give you some discipline. Right. You know, the the cool thing about how all of us work is we give our own selves deadlines. Yes. If you don't give yourself a deadline, you will just take you a year to write a script. You should be able to write a feature script in two months. Two months you should be able to write a feature script. A draft. Script. At least, I don't care rough, I don't right. care how nasty it right. looks, you should be able to get it out in two months. And if right. you can't, you're not really serious in my opinion. Right. Because this is a real game. Yes. And that's how long you have when you write a feature script. They give you two or three months. That's right. I to turn in first weeks. drafts. Yes. That's right. That's you know right. what I mean? And yeah. subsequent drafts is usually a matter of weeks. Yeah, right. I just, I just right. got this new assignment. You know how fast I'm writing this script? You guys would be like, why are you writing the script so fast? I got shit to do. Because I got other <laughs> shit to do. Yeah. And they're excited yes. because I'm turning it in so fucking right. fast. You right. know what I mean? Right. You, and, and I always try to, try to come in a little bit under than what they want. That's and then right. they're excited going, dude, I know this guy who can write it. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm, it's right. important. And so that's another thing. You guys have got to be working on your speed, and this is why you have to set a deadline for yourself. You know, It shouldn't take you three weeks to write an outline. You should write an outline in a week. I don't care if it's a movie, a TV show, or whatever. You've got to be faster than that. Truly. You, know, you should be Truly. able to teach yourself to do Truly. that. Truly. And you will, you, know? you will get better. Even now, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with a, a – a production company, you got a, a pilot going out around town, good, good. having a conversation. What am I 10%? Um, <laughs> and, but through that conversation, and this is you know a year plus mm-hmm. knowing these folks, um, I met them through a feature that was initially rejected. Mm-hmm. But even in that conversation, mm-hmm. I got that it. That means they like hey, the script, though. They're still dealing with you, right? See? See how snuck the jewel in there? That's what I'm saying. But it, it ain't always over. Even in that conversation, mm-hmm. I got, hey, you keep writing. Mm-hmm. Keep writing. And they pitched twenty over uh, around 20 different TV projects, okay. um, not counting the feature stuff because they do both, and I think maybe two or three of those okay. got got picked up. And I, it was suggested to me that I keep writing. Okay. And you know, we we've been in the game a minute, so that doesn't go away. So again, you know, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I have two books, and this is uh, all the newbies, all the out of towners. Um, really, these two books, you'll be covered. There's a lot of great stuff out there. One, um, for, for the TV writers, uh, The Hero Succeeds mm. by Cam Miller, mm-hmm. K-A-M Miller. Um, a writer what, what director. What makes that book so special to you? Well, a writer-director mm-hmm. who I respect tremendously, recommended it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I got it sight on, unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to have a Kindle app, so I read a lot on iPad. <laughs> he recommended it. I was no questions asked. Yeah, yeah. And I have almost every well-known Linda Seeger, mm-hmm. Carly Glick. I have many, many screenwriting and television writing books. That one's for the TV people. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get to you. Get to your question. The Hero Succeeds okay. by Cam Miller. The Hero Succeeds. The Character-Driven Guide to Writing Your TV Pilot. Mm-hmm. Cam Miller, Cam with a K. Okay. Other one, this one's been around for a long time. It's called Writing a Great Movie. Mm-hmm. Key Tools for Successful Screenwriting. It's by Jeff Kitchen. 
Writing Jeff. a great movie by Jeff, Jeff Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite feature writing screenwriting book mm-hmm. that there is. Now, between those two, you're good. Now, what's effective about both of them is they write in a way that gives the reader an opportunity for self-study and self-training. Mm-hmm. Like they'll both say, these are the movies you need to watch before we go deeper in. Right. Many of them you've probably already seen. Mm-hmm. These are the shows you need to watch you know, to get the most out of this book. Mm, okay. So when we go step by step in terms of how it's done, oh, you had homework you'll not you only have okay. watched the shows, but you have the scripts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not thousands or hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. to do that. Um, the Hero Succeeds is very up-to-date and current in terms mm-hmm. of the television landscape. And they both use uh, features in TV shows that we're very familiar with. Right. And it's a step-by-step approach. Whether you've never written anything mm-hmm. or whether you're just trying to sharpen up okay. like I'm doing, whether you're trying to generate ideas, they, they do a great job of covering writers wherever they are, mm-hmm. uh, literally. Years, years ago, I took one of uh, Jeff Kitchen's weekend intensives at his apartment, the, back in like he's it was I, a lot cat. of the tools that he mm-hmm. gave I still use today. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I just wanted to mention that one of the labs. Um, and we can close out is uh, especially for those ladies, women <laughs> over forty. Just a reminder: uh, if you know about last year, Meryl Streep helped fund a, a a writing lab. It's called the Writers Lab, and it's through the um, New York Women in Film and Television. And they are, I think now it's about that time they're starting to accept applications now mm-hmm. again. This is going to be the second year. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out to Meryl Street for funding it last year. I think she's funding it again this year uh, for the need for those women writers who are over 40. Take advantage of that. And, you know. You losing your voice? <clears throat> it's the Jolly Rancher. No. <laughs> the Jolly Rancher got me. She's trying to attack me. Um, yeah, but take advantage, like you said, you know. Outlets, ways, if you don't live places, you know, mm-hmm. take advantage of whatever you can. And since this is a brand new uh, writing workshop, um, take advantage of it. So I just want to make sure people, women out mm-hmm. there, um, know that they should look that up online and up. apply. All right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's, there's, there's things you should do when you're over 40. You know, you, quite frankly, it doesn't matter if you're over 20 or over 40. Doesn't it's matter. still difficult to get in. Writing is writing. You know? Good writing is going to come whether it's you're gonna young come. old. That's right. I'm just going to say this. If... Like, I have a couple of shows that Pam and I are doing that mm-hmm. if they get picked up, y'all know y'all in the room. Um, I'm probably going to have mostly over people over 40 in my room. And there's something about experience that I like. There's something about maturity. Mature, vintage, that I like. spin around. I, it might be one 20 something year old person in my right. room. You know, I don't know how it changed that everybody's in their 20s. The, old, right. the older writer is going to be like, talking shit to that but one again, But again, like, if you are. Over 40, even if you're over 50, like you can't go, but there's nothing you can do about that. So, no. why worry Embrace about that. it? Embrace yeah. that. You should be a better writer because of that, because exactly. of your experience. Exactly. You know, and that's why I say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying there's no writers in their 20s that aren't good. We have tw- tons of examples of that, but I'm just talking about the stories and life experience you need when you're in a writer's room. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I need people who've been through some shit. No I need doubt. people who've seen the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Who, who, yeah. who not know just what it's like. Up with you know stuff what it's, in well, there. Mick on your breath coming exactly. out. <laughs> you know, fresh out of college, what have you experienced except for we drinking know, we're and not, girls? We're not disparaging yeah. you. You're you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, no offense to you. Just let you know. Um, <laughs> let you mofos know. <laughs> anyway, but so we gave you guys a lot of game in that. I know we, you know, 
we spent a lot of time on that, but I think it was really good for you guys just to hear because we just, you know, just our own experiences on, on what things that we would do. You know, they're just some of the ideas. We could, we could talk about this all day long, yes. as we all know. You know, yes. um, <laughs> my favorite book that I'm going to give you guys. He's going to get the book, y'all. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite book I'm going to give you guys is called The Sequence Approach. Uh, yeah. Screenwriting The Sequence Approach. The Hidden Structure of Successful Screenplays Galino. by Paul Jess, Joseph Galimo. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how I write books. This is how they teach at USC. You know, it's, it's the sequence approach. And I'm not going to go into it because it takes me, you know, a while to tell you guys the stories. Um, but it's simple. And that's the key. Right. Screenwriting, it's, it is a puzzle. It is a craft. But it should be simple. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, as you guys see, I have my board over there right now for the new feature film that I'm writing. And, you know... I see the whole movie up on the board just from putting those up. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what each and every one of those beats are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that's really, really important to know how that structure works. And this, for me, helps me understand that. And like, like the book you're talking about, right. they, they give you examples of movies right. and break it down in each and every sequence, what's right. going on, what's happening, right. why. You know, mm-hmm. and it's more of a generalization of what should happen. However, this book was written several years ago. Mm-hmm. So here's an interesting thing. Several years ago, movies were, scripts were 120 pages. Well, scripts now, for the most part, are about 105, 110, maybe. Right. Right. So this sequence approach used to be like every 15 pages. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have to figure every 10 pages. That's right. You see what I mean? That's so right. you have to adjust your script. Yes. To that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, um, so when you read a book like this and you go, oh, every 15 pages, your script's going to end up at 120 pages when you're done. Mm-hmm. I don't want a 120-page script. Right. I want 105. Actually, I, like the script I'm doing, I want it to be like 90, 95. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know that from your experience and your study and development and everything that you've done. Someone who is less experienced mm-hmm. and they, they've got a book and – Maybe they feel like their feature is going to be close to 120 pages mm-hmm. or whatever. It's, that's why you have to read and be on top of produced scripts. Even if you go to a film, uh, a movie that's out today, other than your tentpole franchise, mm-hmm. it's, re- it's going to be a little over an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we're being coming. honest. It's coming. And they're going to hit those structural beats, as you said, yeah. a lot sooner instead of the 15 to 10 page. Those mm-hmm. increments are smaller. It's the same idea. The structure Correct. is pretty much the same, but those are the things that you become aware of as you continue. Somebody else, you know, you learn by doing. Mm-hmm. Sounds very simple. Yeah, it's true. But you're not going to learn. Yes, you have to think things through and navigate like how you want to proceed, but you're not going to learn that much by thinking. You got to finish a script. Like you said, you got to yes. you got to you keep writing, finish something. You're thinking about shooting something, shoot something. Mm-hmm. There's, a reason they, the there's a reason they call it the vomit draft. The vomit draft is meant for you to get it out of your body. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that means get it out without over-editing the crap out of it. Exactly. You know, we all, especially when all of us are perfectionists, I know myself too, I, it... It takes me it's as soon as I write it's fade hard. in. I'm like I'm going like, back in, like I need to fix that. <laughs> and, and every day that I come back, I go I back and read over I what know. I wrote, and I start fixing yes. it for an hour. Right, yes. but I <laughs> bet I, mean? I bet over time, as you continue to do that, you learn how to whatever you got to do. do to push yourself. I just through. have to psychologically go. Right. I got it. Right, move fucking forward. Yeah, exactly. Since yes. y'all gave books, I'm gonna go give ahead. one, and then. 
it's one of my favorites because um, I love this woman and her write her writing has actually helped me because you know I'm always when we talk about transformational arcs, character arcs, and things like that. One of my favorite books for those of you who because you know I'm always looking at your thematic intention when you're mm-hmm. making films on the subconscious level. Like what is your story really saying? I want to recommend Dara Marks. Uh, it's D A R A M A R K S. Her Inside Story. Um, I love that book. It's the secret to writing extraordinary screenplays. It's mm-hmm. um, it's one of those books where it's not just about the structure of how you put a script together. It's why you're putting it together and what sure. is your character really trying to say? What is your intention? Mm-hmm. I'm always talking about scripts having a through line, have a thematic through line. What is your character doing? It's one of my favorite books whenever I need to every, – every couple of years I go back and I reread it again mm-hmm. just to kind of ground me and center me because a lot of times – Films, especially when you're doing screenplays and they become films, they're doing a lot of um, a lot of subconscious work that we're not even aware of when we're watching it, but somehow it, things resonate with us. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, you ask people why you like a certain film, it's just something about it made me feel like this. Mm-hmm. This is what she deals with. Yep. So if you want to go on a little deeper level, I highly recommend uh, Dara Marks. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has her own um, script consulting stuff, but she's she expensive. So I just tell people that's, get, not, that's get, not DMA. That's somebody different. No, no, somebody okay. different. Yeah, that's Michelle. That's Michelle. <laughs> yeah. um, but definitely get this book mm-hmm. and just if you just want to just really get into some deeper writing, so some a lot of thematic things that you want to draw out okay. in your writing, I highly cool. recommend it. What else was that? Jewels, you all. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of game in there. <laughs> Ain't none of you these books I mean? gonna break the and, bank. And, I'm no. sure and, of that. And and just to be clear to the people who are more experienced who can care less about you know screenwriting books, if you read scripts, you will learn all the shit we're talking about. Yeah. Fr- you know that's the key. The other thing we didn't say between us, I know I went two years when I first started writing writing scripts. I think I read twelve hundred scripts. In two years, mm. that's how serious we are. Yeah, mm. you know what I mean. That's several a week. Yeah, yeah. You know, hundreds, several of a day sometimes. But I know you've eats, done many oh, times. When I especially when I get my summers off, <clears throat> yes. and I would just like eat, sleep, nothing but mm-hmm. scripts, yeah. and yeah. just uh, reading and reading. I yeah. used to oh. say, if you haven't hit a hundred, if you haven't read a hundred, you're really not. You're not that serious. Mm-hmm. That's you real. Know. That's real. Mm-hmm. You're just not you know? there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be easy. You should at least be reading. One a week. I'm gonna give you one. If you can't do more than that, you shouldn't be doing this. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> You're right. I'm just gonna say it. You're right. Here's what yes. you're competing against. That's yeah. right. Other people. That's every right. time we have people on this show, they all have a serious hustle. Yep. And we're always like, see, these are the motherfuckers you're competing against. Yeah. These are the dudes who get you're, in. You're, you're and it took them ten years. Okay, That's right. You're competing with the NBA, NFL of screenwriters. Yes. So you have to go in like, if you you think you're just coming off the bench, yeah. right. <laughs> Right. And go jump into the mix yeah, like that. Like right. you have to be thinking on that level. Like mm-hmm. and especially with television. Mm-hmm. And I know we've said all the time we've had the different guests that have come in. Like you're competing with people who have created shows, hit shows, yep. who are coming in looking for work. Who's still hungry? Who are hungry? Yes. And will walk over you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did we not hear Glenn Mazzara talk about okay, not only is he show running Damien right now. He talking about writing a book. Yep. I'm like, wait, bitch, when you got time to write a fucking book? Yeah. <laughs> and he's developing for other networks. I'm like, you gotta okay, keep if you have time. Grinding. You know what I'm saying? Your ass is up late. Mm-hmm. Grinding. If he's mm-hmm. staying up late, your ass okay. should stay up late. Grinding. 
You know, okay. talking about going to the club. Right. Dri- so, driving so, by his house in Brentwood. Is Glenn up It will help to have, exactly. have that Paul other thing. Right exactly. What y'all doing? <laughs> anyway, y'all know how we do it on the rant room. So where you at, Lisa Lisa Coat? Uh, you can catch me, of course. Typically every Saturday night. I've missed a couple Saturdays on Saturday Night Sci-Fi because I've been busy. I'm going to miss the next two because I'm going to be out of town doing some conferences and stuff. But you can catch me on Saturday Night Sci-Fi, Sci-Fi with uh, Geek Soul Brother and the crew. Mm-hmm. You can catch me whenever she has a Graveyard Shift Sisters when she has Friday Night Horror. Definitely Shout out to her. She yes. just she, she hit me up the yes. other day. She's um, definitely hit me up on Bitch Flicks. Uh, I should have my latest piece out, which is about the new TV show on WGN that I, I have fallen in love with. I mean, I have issues with it. But I outsiders? do. I, ooh, outsiders. <laughs> yes, those Appalachian mm-hmm. hillbillies. We'll get, we'll get them on the show. We'll get them. And I we'll love them. that show. And I, I've only seen like it's only been like six episodes, seven episodes now. Okay, um, I, I think we only have up. three more. I, I just want to. You know what I did? I, I just fucking bought the season. Like I started watching. Like they had it on free on WGN. So let me just catch. Uh, I got hooked. Mm-hmm. I'm like fuck it. Let me just buy it and just <laughs> watch the damn thing. And I'm still waiting for the last couple episodes. Just something about that show that's appealing. Mm-hmm. It's the WGN is doing some interesting things. They just did uh, the premiere of Underground. Mm-hmm. Yes. Underground Railroad. Underground. Yeah. Yeah. That just came and they had the nerve. To have Kanye West song. Now, since you mentioned the opening of well, that, John Legend is an executive producer, and oh, they had okay. a big premiere downtown. Many of the actors were there. Mm-hmm. Had a gospel choir perform before mm-hmm. they shoot. It got rave reviews. WGN is really supporting and pushing up. that show. They're okay. pushing a lot of really good content for it to not to be quote unquote what they what they consider like a premier network. Some people call. It. Um, they're doing some interesting things, mm-hmm. and I'm just really excited and. I, for me, it just it says there's more opportunities for writers yes. to get more material out Definitely. there, especially as, as diverse and, and different as mm-hmm. those shows are. So, so yeah. what's your what's your Twitter, girl? Uh, just my name, Lisa Bolakaja. So you know, <laughs> bitch flicks, Twitter. I'm a Twitter junkie, y'all. I'm trying. I'm I'm going to rehab. <laughs> uh, I'm working on. I'm trying to. You know what I'm trying to do? They tried to make you go. I, didn't you know, they? look, 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 look. <laughs> They're trying to make me go to rehab, but I said, I'm going to be on Twitter for as long as I want, bitch, (laughs) and you would deal. I'm trying to wean myself now to just three tweets a day. What? Which is difficult. Mm. And here's my problem. This is the problem. And I blame the people who follow me on Twitter and who I follow back. Stop being so interesting and entertaining. (laughs) If y'all would just be boring every now and then, I would just leave the phone alone and not be checking up what you're doing. So be boring. Please, I need to. So I'm trying. I'm gonna try to. I'm trying to wean myself. Okay. Three tweets a day. <laughs> Where you at, Trey Grant? <laughs> um, on Twitter, I'm at the real Trey. T h e r e e l t r a y. You hit me up on Facebook. Facebook's just my name, Tracy Grant. Uh, Red Tornado icon. So you get the real one and not the. Johnny Come Lately's big up to everybody who hit me on Twitter after co-hosting in my sister's absence. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people popping off. We tweet, retweet each other all the time. Mm-hmm. So love to hear from y'all and everybody keep banging yep. at the real Trey. That's me on Twitter. I'm there all day, all night. That's what's up. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find and me. And I'm on. your hostess with the mostest. I, why did I feel like you were going to say that? And like. I'm a host with the most. I'm physically going back. Look, I find you going back. Way back. You know, you know what you look like just then when I glanced up? Just, mm-hmm. You know what it reminded me of? What is it? Remember the scene in The Warriors? 
Oh, where uh, all right, all name? you boppers uh, out there. What's her first there? name? Her last name is Thigpen. She passed away recently. Lynn. Lynn, Lynn Thigpen. Yes. And when she said, hello, boppers. Hello, like boppers. when I saw your lips yeah. going up to the thing, I thought, I'm, have, I'm flashing back to the Warriors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got news that they riding we through Queens. News. They riding so. through Queens. <laughs> 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 Who are the Warriors? <laughs> I want them. I got, oh. got it. Okay. <laughs> Alive as possible. Can Stop. you Waste dig them. it? <laughs> <laughs> but I want them. Oh my god! <laughs> you know how we do it on the red <laughs> So you guys can find me Hilliard Guest on Twitter. You guys can follow the show Screenwriters RR on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram Hilliard Guest. Yes, I'm on the gram. Um, you doing big things? You guys got any questions for us? Screenwriters Rent Room at gmail.com. Could you see how organized I am about your questions? <laughs> um, well, one of y'all bitches should come be my assistant. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, um, yeah, that's what's up. So, <laughs> big shout out to all the countries out there. We love you guys. You know who you are, um, U.S. Uh, for being number one. Why y'all got me number one? I don't know how any y'all know anybody else. You know, we the only motherfuckers. The who U.S. Write. dominates mm-hmm. everything. And then Canada right. number two, like they writing over. Hey, there. Canada, with your gorgeous. Prime Minister <laughs> exactly. up, Justin Canada? Trudeau. Did you see everybody shipping? Uh, President Obama and Justin Trudeau, hmm. they're like putting the, and I'm falling for it. Like they could be, you know, in another life, they could be married with four kids oh, really? <laughs> and living their life. And okay, you they're so, no, now. they're so cute together. Oh my God. Canada and U.S., please don't break up. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how we do it on the Red Room. Everybody join the move for 2016. So on this show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what? 2016. 2016. Peace, y'all. Ciao, ciao. Let the beast about the cage That light about the dark Can you build the inferno From the itty bitty spark Coffee shop hustlers Rise with the cream A million other writers Same Hollywood dream Your pen and paper All like bullets in the gun Write what you feel Say what you want In the red room We say what we say We do what we feel We gotta keep it real In the red room All about the crap So look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. Mm-hmm.